Welcome to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans with Kirsten Johansson. Kirsten and her guests are here to help you stop struggling with your own self-acceptance and teach you how to love yourself unconditionally. Now, here's Kirsten. Welcome to GTO Freedom for Humans, where we talk about the ways in which we as humans can free ourselves from suffering by practicing unconditional love, acceptance, and compassion for ourselves. I'm Kirsten Johansson, your host. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is our second show of GTO, Freedom for Humans. I want to um, thank my guest from, from last week, Roland Williams. If you didn't have a chance to listen to last week's show, you know, um, between the two of us, Roland and I probably have about 65 years of leadership experience in terms of like our professional histories. And we had a really open honest, vulnerable discussion about our inner critics and how those show up in our lives and kind of mess with us and how it doesn't really seem to matter how much we achieve if that inner critic is alive and well and having a go at you. Um, and so I think we really kind of unearthed some, some wonderful things with each other and um, also shared a few techniques of how to handle that little bugger uh, the inner critic, which is a little bugger. Um, so if you didn't, if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, um, check it out. On a personal note, um, you know, this show is about unconditional acceptance of self. And my history um, is as someone who did not accept myself at all. I looked like I did because I checked all the boxes and I had a pretty shiny looking life. Um, but inside, it was never enough. And anything that I did was kind of, I always sort of reviewed it, like measured it and graded it. And was it enough? And was I good enough? And did I sound right? And did I say the right things? And it was, you know, an exhausting way to live. Um, and part of the part of that for me was making it look like it was easy. Um, which is really about the idealized image, which is what one of the things we're going to be talking about today. But what I wanted to say about um, last week is that I felt so joyful doing the show, um, you know, a little bit of nerves and all. And then, um, you know, I took a beat afterwards and decompressed and I put on my headphones and went for a walk uh, around my mom's neighborhood. I'm here on the Oregon coast um, staying with my mom, which is such a blessing. This is where I stay when I'm in the U S. Um, and she's near the ocean. So, you know, I went out for a nice walk and I listened to the show and I had a big smile on my face. <laughs> I had a big smile on my face the whole time. And I did not judge myself one little bit. I did. I mean, I just wanted to tell everybody who's listening that is a miracle and a miracle that I worked really, really hard for <laughs> because shifting from someone who is sort of self-denying and perfectionistic and nothing is ever good enough to doing something for the sheer joy of it and then just being joyful about it and having that be all that really matters to me is 
is really like it is a different it is a different life. Um, and although I've made lots of external changes to my life, the the core is what I changed, which is that I do like and accept myself and love myself and treat myself with compassion because things go how they go, right? Um, we have the illusion of control, but uh, we we control very little except what kind of what goes on inside of us. So, um, so I feel just very grateful um, to be here with you again and very excited. I have another special guest who is a dear friend of mine, and I'm going to read her lovely bio, which is sort of a lyrical um, poetic bio. Um, and my special guest today is my friend, Nefer Brodnax, and here is her bio. Daughter, sister, mother, wife, friend, repeat. I found joy and comfort in seeing others smile. I celebrate when my loved ones achieved all levels of success. I poured all of myself into others. Inside, I was empty and was running on fumes. I was slowly suffocating. Nothing was left for me. I was surrounded by people, but alone. 11-1-2010, a signed birthday by me. I restructured my life around me. I stepped away from things that no longer gave me purpose. I began building and removing and tweaking all parts of me. I ended and discovered new and beautiful relationships. I am pouring into me and I am not yet full. Nephra, happiness, joy, and love. Repeat. Welcome, Nephra. Hello, Kirsten. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right. So um, that was a wonderful bio. And since I received it, I haven't chatted with you about it. Um, I wondered if you want to maybe just um, tell us a little bit about where that came from. So as you know, when you first asked me on the show and you're like, hey, send me a picture in a bio. And I was like, oh. you know, the anxiety kicked in and, mm -hmm. you know, I started looking at, you know, what would be expected from a bio. And I just felt a lot of what I was looking at and reading, it wasn't me. And I'm somebody who right now the path I'm on is really about building myself, loving myself, growing and all those things. And so that's really what I wanted to reflect who I am in my bio. And I grew up with, I think a lot of us did, you know, you make sure everyone's okay. You make sure everyone is okay. And everyone else was okay, but I wasn't. And I just didn't know that's not how it's supposed to be until that little epiphany I had back in uh, 2010 when I started doing stuff for myself. And I, I did have people think I was selfish and that hurt because I was like, oh my gosh, am I neglecting? But nobody was neglected. Everyone was getting their needs met except for me. Mm -hmm. And I slowly started to shift my energies towards what I needed I noticed everyone was still good and so was I and one of the things I always think of like when you're on a plane and that plane is going down or the masks come down they tell you to put the mask on yourself first right because 
once I've done mine, then I can assist people around me. If I assist people first and the plane goes down, well, they're all good. And it's a wrap for me. So that's kind of really one of the analogies I use when I'm just talking to people or explaining, you know, just the path I'm on that in order for everyone else to be okay, I have to be great. You know, and it's definitely a rethinking of my mind, how I was raised, the environment I was in. You know, you're just taught that, you know, you fill everyone else's plate first and kind of what's left. If there's enough, then you can have it. No, I, I get to fill my plate first. And then if there's more things that need to be done, I, I can go ahead and make another pot of rice for everybody and they can still eat. Um, so, yeah, that's where that came from. So I just felt at the time and place I am in my life, that bio really reflected who I am right now and just the path and journey that I'm on. Well, I, it's so, it's so beautiful. And I, I'd love to hear that. I love to hear that kind of story. I love to hear about an epiphany. I love to hear about an epiphany that causes us to look at ourselves and make shifts in our lives. Um, In terms of just how you were taught, I kind of want to follow up on that, right? Because much of what we carry through, through our lives comes to us early Mm -hmm. in life which can make it really easy to believe, right? Because oh, yeah. we, we've been taught it and then we we feed and water it, right? Because we were taught it and we believe, well, of course that's correct. Of course that's true. So I'm curious, just as women, sometimes um, we have a tendency to want to care for others first. Was that what was modeled um, to you? Um, so I grew up in a single parent home until my mom got remarried, I think when I was like 12 or 13. So prior to that, it had really just been my mom, sister and I, and my mom worked hard. Um, I don't feel that there was anything I missed out as a kid. I remember birthdays. I remember Christmases. I remember all the other things. I remember family trips. Um, I used to go to Yugoslavia for summer vacations and, um, I remember going to France and just like, and I have no idea how she did it, like, but it was always done. Um, and so I think when I became a parent, like everything was my kids, like everything from, you know, they were in every activity and it was seven days a week. Someone had a practice, someone had a game and, you know, maybe in between I could get a coffee, but if I didn't, it was fine, you know, and slowly your kids get older and they need you in a different way. And then you're just kind of left like, okay, well, what, what do I do now? And what do I like? What are my interests? And I had no idea. And that was kind of scary. Not Hmm. knowing passions were, what my purpose and you kind of feel lost. And that's, that's exactly where I've been. Um, But it's also been exciting kind of finding things that I love and enjoy. i bought a whole DJ set because I love music and I'm trying to teach myself how to DJ and just random stuff. And if I don't like it, it's okay. I don't have to stick with it. You know, there's a lot of rules that you kind of grow up with that you have to finish things all the way through or do this. I don't like doing it anymore. So I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm giving myself permission to do that. And so it's just very freeing, but it's also scary because it's so different from just how 
you grow up and it's breaking a lot of those rules. And I'm not a rule breaker. So that was kind of scary, but it's definitely very freeing. That's that is wonderful. I love what you said about when something you don't want to do something anymore. It's okay to stop. Yeah. Yeah. We probably grew up similarly because I mean, it was always finish what you start and, and really it, it wasn't instilled in me that fun, that fun was a priority, right? Like the task at hand was the priority. At time, then once you finished all the stuff you don't like doing, yes. then and you have fun. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yes. And, you know, I have a, my nephew Bjorn is, he's 20 and, um, you know, I'm watching him navigate college and he uh, started a major and then pretty quickly he decided to change it. And, you know, it was, I just watched him making these very like, you know, mature, thoughtful decisions. And I, I asked him, um, so how did you, how did you work through that decision? Um, and he, one of the first things he said to me about the major that he started with, but decided to change, he said, you know, it wasn't very fun. I really wasn't having any fun at it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, yeah, I know. And I sort of marveled at it. And I remember in that same conversation saying to him, I think I need to become a better quitter. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, because, you know, this idea that quitting something is wrong is mm-hmm. not, it's not necessarily true. Quitting, quitting something that either isn't right for you or isn't right for you anymore. Right. Is a, is a, a decision of, of love and compassion for yourself. Yes. Yes. Ab- absolutely. Yes. So um, we have a couple of minutes before we go to our first break. So um, you and I have known each other uh, since about 2005. Yes. I believe we started working together. We were colleagues um, for, a, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was some shuffling around and I, I was actually your supervisor Yes, for a little while. Yes. And so um, over those years, of course, we interacted about work um, as people do at work. Um, but I also love to just know about other people. So we, we, we connected on a personal level, I would say, during that time. Within, yeah. yeah. With- I loved coming in and Right. It was it was all we never we never did anything outside of work, but it was in the work environment. We definitely had a good relationship. Exactly. Exactly. We kind of cultivated a. uh, Yeah. And I was reflecting. I I didn't do anything with anybody outside of work. And I think because I never got invited anywhere. And I think it has to do with kind of what we're talking about today. Um, my My image, the image of who I was versus who I actually was. Um, so I, well, that's not true. I got invited to a wedding, um, that I, that I did. And I think I saw you there actually. So that was probably one of my only social invitations in this almost 17 years that I worked. Yeah. Um, with that organization. And I, I, when I reflect on that, I think, oof, it makes me so sad. I had so many, I would have invited you to, but yeah, I think as we kind of break down the history and the story, it, it will definitely make more sense mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from you just I think our last conversation I think I learned a lot of things I was like, what? 
Right. So, um, so I'm going to kind of summarize relatively quickly before we go to break that kind of brings us to the next thing that I know we want to talk about today because we have a story to share. Um, you made some changes and went to work in a different department. And so we kind of, we we were, once in a while, we would sort of fly into each other's orbit. Um, and I always really enjoyed that, even though it was mostly written communication back and forth and you were helping me fix something. Um, but I never actually said, I, you know, I miss seeing you or I'm I'm happy just to get, which is how I felt. I really, anytime I got to interact with you, I thought, oh, I get to um, email Nefra about this. Um, but of course I didn't say that. And we kind of, um, we kind of lost touch um, mm-hmm. in a way. And then um, at the end, well, uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, in the vein of becoming a better quitter, um, I just, it was time for me to leave my position. And so I did that pretty quickly and quietly. Um, I referenced it a little bit in uh, one of the blogs on my website um, called The Octopus's Garden. And um, you reached out to me by text. Um, and as we go to break, I'm just going to say um, it was a WTF text. <laughs> <laughs> And also an are you okay text that really, um, it was just very sweet. It made me laugh and it was very sweet and I really, really appreciate it. And it was the beginning of a very fun um, reconnection. We are, um, we're talking about friendship. We're talking about the idealized image with my guest, Nefer Broadnax. And um, after the break, we're going to tell you a fun story. You're listening to GTO, Freedom for Humans, and we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you tired of overeating, overspending, drinking too much, or being in relationships that drain you? Do you have invasive thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and your life? Do you keep pushing yourself to the next goal only to find that it doesn't bring you happiness? You don't have to live this way. You can live a life of well-deserved freedom and happiness. Coach Kirsten Johansson is here to guide you. Book your free discovery session today at giraffetangooctopus.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and I'm speaking with my special guest and friend, Nefer Brodnax, about friendship and reconnection and the idealized image. Um, and I also want to just uh, acknowledge I'm here on the Oregon coast, as I mentioned uh, before, we don't have the strongest internet here. So um, there might have been a few little audios, the burbles, I call them. And so I just want to acknowledge that and say, um, if you're hearing that once in a while, we are aware of it and we've made an adjustment. And so hopefully that will smooth things out. But uh, we're doing our best. Just imagine the Pacific Ocean. It's just whooshing through. It's a verbal, it's a verbal. Okay. So um, before the break, we were talking about our reconnection. So um, Nefri, I had uh, left my position and soon after you sent me a text. So what, yeah, what prompted you to reach out to me? I think because, again, like you mentioned, we had had, you know, a good relationship. And like you said, we talked about work, but we also talked a lot about personal things when we would meet. Um, and even though we hadn't really spoken for quite a while, uh, when I found out that you had left and it just seemed, you know, very abruptly and in my mind, I, again, that box that we all had you in, it just seemed very spontaneous, like just, oh, Kirsten's leaving and I just wanted to make sure you were okay because it just seemed not in the it wasn't who I thought I knew it just seemed very out of character for you so yes I did send a WTF email a text and again just like are you good like are you okay forget all that work stuff are you okay and that's that's what it was it was sincere it wasn't to hear you know any tea about what happened, why you left. It was just like, are you okay? Which I was very sweet. And I, so I so much appreciated it. And so um, thank you for mentioning that it seemed out of character because it, my old self, my old perfectionist self would have, I would have documented every single thing that somebody needed to do to come behind me. To, I mean, I would have been so worried about handing off, but that there is a, a sort of a lack of humility in that, right? Where you're so focused on controlling the outcome of things or controlling the mm -hmm. image of yourself or the image of your work that you think like that, that there really is like you do your best. And then in true humility, you let go of the outcome. You let go of how it's received or what people think of you. And I could not, in the old life, I could not do that. I was just kind of bound by this idea that I had to do everything right all the time. Yeah. Well, your handoff had to be perfect in your mind, right? Like, and it's never going to be perfect. Like you're, you're trying to obtain something that's impossible, but that definitely was the perception. And so when you left without, you know, I'm, you're the kind of person that would give like a year's notice. <laughs> <most people. laughs> 
<laughs> there'd be so you would want things completed or things were in the process and you know you would have had a written map of what had to be done in the next 12 to 15 months that's just who you were yes. what i think now looking back and us just talking over the last um two years or so you did this for you it's almost like it's very similar to kind of what i talked about of putting yourself first. You put that mask on you first. Everyone else is going to be okay. Well, indeed. And you know, yes. Organizations aren't going to fall apart when one person leaves, but that's, that's the thought we have, right? Like, oh my God, I got to make sure everything's perfect. No, they'll figure it out. It's, it's yeah. going to be. Yes. And my, um, my core fear, the thing that drove my perfectionism was um, a fear of being a disappointment or letting people down. And so that, that fueled that. Um, but I had done all of this work. I had done all of this work on myself that really did allow me to hear my own voice and my own thoughts and my own feelings that were true to me, true to my real self, not the, not the perfectionist or the image that I had been serving for so many years. So I knew that everybody would be fine. In fact, I had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful team. And so I just knew that I could actually just sort of move on and everything would be fine. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, it was, a, and it's not that it wasn't a difficult decision. It, it was difficult in the short term because I'd been there for so long. And of course I missed, you know, a, a lot of things about it and, the, and the, the wonderful people that I worked with, but I also knew it was, it was just the right decision for me. Right. Um, and so you, you invited me to lunch or dinner. You said, hey, if you ever want to get together for lunch or dinner, if you're ever over on the east side. And I'm like, well, I can drive to the east side. <laughs> right. He's like, I, I, I can drive. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah. when do you want to, when can you do that? I jumped all over it. I'm like, ooh, I got invited. I got invited out. <laughs> right. And who knows? I didn't, I didn't, because I was like kind of shocked when you responded, because you know how it is. It's like you're probably getting tons of texts and, you know, I was thinking I would just get like the little thumbs up one, like, good job. Thanks. Appreciate it. So I think even when you responded, I was like, oh, OK, let's mm -hmm. let's dinner. Yes. Yes. So we we make the plan and I put on I put on a little outfit. I'm excited to go out. This is like uh, late summer, early fall of 21. And so we're deep into the pandemic at this point. So, you know, I'm calling around and figuring out who actually is serving and is there outdoor seating? You know, we're still in this era of masking and all that stuff. So I thought, well, gosh, I haven't been out and, you know, like this, <laughs> I put on my little outfit and, and, and I don't wear heels because I'm not interested in anything uncomfortable, but they were, they were the best choice for the outfits. I'm like, okay, well, meet Nefra. I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to wear the, the, the heels. Okay. And I hadn't been over the East side in a while. And I just got discombobulated uh, and I couldn't find a place to park. And I was late and I'm very punctual. So I'm, I'm all worked up and I'm texting you. I'm struggling to park. And I finally find this like kind of abandoned parking lot and I don't even know how far I am from the restaurant, but I just have to call it and park. And I get out of the car and I'm running. I'm running in my heels because I'm late to meet you. And uh, I hear you. I hear, I hear Kirsten. I hear, and the, I'm like, oh, thank God. So we sit down and have 
a, a wonderful chat over dinner. I'm moving us along because I want to get to the story. I don't want us to run out of time in the show. Um, we have a wonderful dinner and um, you say, well, let me drive you to your car. Where is it? I say, I don't know where it is. <laughs> we'll have to drive around and I'll have to just tell you if I see something that looks familiar because I don't know where it is. So we go out to the valet and the valet pulls up in the Batmobile. I'm like, oh, Nifra's driving the Batmobile. Nice. <laughs> uh -huh. So just for everyone, this is a shiny black coupe. It's it's a it's it's a it's a Batmobile. Super cool. So we get in the Batmobile and we we drive around and we do finally find the somewhat abandoned parking lot where my little car is sitting, my little mini. Um, and then we proceed to do what one of my favorite things to do was when I was young. And, you know, when you're young and you're kind of just sort of doing what you, whatever you want, like you're really ruled by the id and you're out there having a good time, was to like sit in the car and like just have a awesome kind of chat. And in the course of that, we both acknowledged that neither of us really drink. I don't drink at all. I don't think you drink at all or much. Drinker, no. No. Social. Right. And I say, well, I do. I, 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 I'm not mad at the weed though. I say, um, which might've been a bit of a surprise because I am recovering. Uh, and I've been recovering since 1987. Um, I abstained from cannabis for about 31 and a half years and, and brought it back into my life about four years ago um, to just, you know, something that I always liked and treated a myriad of kind of health issues and physical issues. And I'm grateful that it hasn't caused me any problems um, um, since I brought it back in. And uh, I found that you were also not mad at the weed. I was not mad at the weed. Right. So I say, oh, I think I have a weed pen in my bag and I pull it out. And, you know, those vapor pens, you got to be a little careful. You yeah, go, you got, it, it will creep up on you. Oh, my goodness. You go a couple <laughs> seconds too long and you're like, you're done. You're done for. Well, I went a little hard at it. We went very hard. Like, let's let's be honest. I think we were talking and then it was just laughter. Like I sat there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm getting turned up with Kirsten. Like it just, it was just so out of who I thought she was. And we had an amazing night. We were laughing and talking and then it just kind of hit me like, whoa. Yes. I'm getting Same. high with principle. Like <laughs> those things. <laughs> I know, I know. So again, I, just a word about my recovery. I, for, for many years, I just felt like I had to have the right kind of recovery. I had to abstain from everything. I just was indoctrinated that way. And even though maybe it wasn't exactly the right fit for me, I, I was serving the image and I was afraid to disappoint people. So yes, there we are. Uh, and we both acknowledge there's not going to be any driving uh, for quite some time. And so we're laughing and I'm bawling about something or other, all the things that happen. And then all of a sudden I get the signal. So here's the thing. I get the signal that I have to, I have to go to the bathroom. And here's some very quick background um, because I know I'm not, I'm no, I'm not alone in this. This is a very human thing. Um, that many of us uh, have to accommodate in our lives. 
through a series of health issues, um, including cancer and radiation and Crohn's disease and gallbladder disease. You can see I've had a, a bit of a journey with those things. When I have to, when I have to poop, when I have to go, um, once I get the signal, I have sometimes maybe a minute, maybe a minute to get to the bathroom. And because I've been radiated, I had anal cancer. And because I've been radiated, I, my body doesn't hold things in as well. So my brain is telling me to hold it in and it's signaling your body. But then my body's kind of like, eh, eh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, maybe, maybe not. And so I've had so much trauma over the course of my life and, and I am, I have a sense of humor about this. And I also want to acknowledge that it's traumatic um, that I go into a trauma state. So Nefra saw me go into the trauma state where I sort of end up looking like a little meerkat that's like, that's on the swivel. My head starts to swivel, 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 because I'm literally looking for a place to go to the bathroom. Well, I think what happened was you was you said, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. So I was like, oh, let's go back to the restaurant. And you look at me and like, there's no time. Now, I knew about the cancer, but wasn't privy to all of the side effects and all of the other things that were going on. So it just wasn't connected in my mind. So in my mind, I'm like, what do you mean? We've got plenty of time. Like, it's around the corner. And then I see her just like looking, like searching. And then it hits me. I'm like, are you looking for a bush? Like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, yes, that's how fast you can't make it. And then I think we just went into action. I saw a bush. It was in the far left corner of the parking lot. Now, there's other cars in this parking lot. We're downtown. So we're not in the, you know, the country. We're no but we're in a parking lot. It's in the night. It's, you know, it's summer. So there's people around, but kind of not really. I find a bush and then there's a stairway. So I block my car at an angle. So you kind of can't come up the stairs, but if you do, I'll see you. And then I tell her, I have a bag of hair. What well, I meant is <laughs> I have a, I have bags in my car. They just happen to have hair in it. We can take the hair out because I have braids and all that well, well, <laughs> yeah. It. So, I mean, while I'm trying to explain sort of my situation and then, you know, never, never kind of like, well, I just wait till I get home if I have to go. Right. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, imagine the polar opposite. Imagine the polar opposite way of living. That's what we're dealing with. And so you did spot that far corner and then you were, and I'm pan, I'm panicked, right. I'm in a trauma state and I'm panicked about just how I'm going to get through everything and you said, you said, I have hair, I have hair. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do with the hair? I don't know what I'm going to do with the hair, but okay. And so ultimately Nefra is in her mind going through her car and thinking of all the things that she has in her car to help me. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a caregiver. I'm a fixer. I'm trying to fix this. Like, what do I have that we can take care of this? Right. I Right. So you're putting all that together and um, you hadn't actually blocked. You had not actually, you were a little ways away from where I ended up um, 
walking into the bushes. So we're coming up on a break, right? So um, so I I get out of the car with the supplies, which are like Nefra makes sort of almost like she tries to make like a little toilet for me with like a plastic bag inside a paper bag. And then I have I have masks with me, which are actually pretty <laughs> handy for a situation like this. And remember, I'm in my heels and my cute outfit and everything. So I teeter across the parking lot and oh. I begin, I, I walk into what I think is, you know, they're like these tree shrubs. And I walk into what I think is going to be kind of a flat um, spot. For me to have to deal with getting my, you know, my clothes where they need to be and all yeah. this. And um, as we're going to break, here's what I'm going to, here's what I, what I encountered. As I walked into those shrubs, they are shrub, shrub trees. They are sitting on a narrow, like hill, like a, a skinny little narrow hill. And, and behind them is a steep drop. Which we can't see anything. No, I can't see that until until it's in front of me. And there's no there's no time for Plan B. There's no time for Plan B. So um, we're gonna go to break, and uh, when we come back, we're gonna finish this story. You are listening to uh, Freedom for Humans with uh, Kirsten and Nefra, and we will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Connect with us, and we'll connect with you. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on LinkedIn. Get the first word about happenings with the network, where our next live event will be, and what's up with our hosts. Look up Voice America on LinkedIn. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to Giraffe Tango Octopus, Freedom for Humans. Have your own story or have questions for Kirsten or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Freedom for Humans. This is Kirsten, your host, and I'm uh, speaking with my guest, Nefra. Before the break, I was teetering in heels 
on a skinny little hill, uh, trying to use all the wonderful supplies that Nefra handed me to go to the bathroom. But as I walk back in there and I see what the situation is, in order for me to, to, to do what I need to do, I am hanging on to the trunk of this bush tree thing for dear life because behind me is a steep drop. So keep in mind, I now have to, I only have one hand to work with because I got a hold on for my life to the trunk to not literally fall backward down the hill. <laughs> and also, you know, I, I was, I was alone um, during the pandemic and, you know, I wasn't as uh, hardy. I dropped some weight and I just wasn't as hardy maybe. And so I'm in a full squat. I'm in a full squat. I'm, my body is shaking. And, and of course, I'm also worried about, I don't want anybody to encounter this. What, you know, like I'm worried about everybody else, all that stuff. So I, I managed to take care of it. And I don't, I don't always know how bad it's going to be right now. Thankfully, it wasn't too bad. So I take care of it. Now in the course though, of me shaking, holding on for dear life to the tree shrub and going to the bathroom, some people come up the stairs because this particular parking lot, unfortunately was a shortcut. <laughs> and so while Nefer and I were sitting in the parking lot, we had seen a number of people cross diagonally through this parking lot and the stairwell that people were coming up to cross was right by the best spot that gave me the best coverage on my steep hill. So Nefra sees that and that's when she moves the Batmobile. I see it come across the parking lot and she wedges the car between me and my little operation that's going on and the, the path that people are taking to come up the stairs and walk across this parking lot. So who is this crazy woman? Like, the Oh stairs? my gosh. And so for, for, for our listeners, I'm over five foot 10. I'm slightly over five foot 10 <laughs> and I had heels on and these tree shrubs were, you know, they were still in their youth. So I am literally trying to make sure my head can't be seen above the trees and all this. Okay. So I finish, I finish. I'm so relieved. And I, I managed to use all those materials to make sure that nobody will encounter anything that they, that would be bad for them. Um, and I takes, it takes all of my might literally to stand up because at this point I've been in a deep squat. I'm traumatized. I'm high. I'm shaking the whole thing. <laughs> so I get myself up and I walk back towards the Batmobile and the door flings open and a hand comes out with hand sanitizer. Of course, <laughs> we got to be ready. Oh my God. So like I walk back, zoop, the hand sanitizer comes out. I stick my hands under it. I wipe them. Shoo, shoo, shoo. I get back in the car. You, you just went back over to our original spot in the parking lot where we then continue to have this right wonderful <laughs> this, we, were having, we had to carry on like we had lots to catch up on like we sure did and we were having a great time and i have to say i needed help 
like in, in those moments, right. As that is my, that is one of the most vulnerable. That's just one of the most vulnerable things that can happen to a person in public. And I needed help and you helped me. You just sprang into action. You were so kind. And, and lastly, and this kind of goes back to um, what I said at the beginning, I would have probably before this, these things have been happening to me for most of my life. I would have been very apologetic and embarrassed and I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I did not feel one ounce of embarrassment of self-criticism. I don't think I felt the need to apologize. I think I thanked you a hundred times maybe, but, but I really felt like, you know, this is me. And Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, like if I hadn't already dropped my idealized image, which, which (laughs) I had thankfully, because it was so exhausting to, uh, to, to continue to serve it, uh, having to poop in the bushes, in a parking lot, in a city, Right. Uh, while your friend protects you with her car and her bags that her hair was in, <laughs> <laughs> that'll pretty much do it. They'll do it. It will. And I think like for me, my whole thing was like, she needs help. Let's, it, you know, it's like, Hey, we all go to the bathroom. Let's, Hey, it is what it is. Let's just take care of it. And I think, and that just brought us close. Like it, it was, it was almost like when we got back in the car, we just picked up right where we left off. And then we've laughed about it since, but I think it, it's just, it's just a funny thing. It's a funny story to talk about our friendship, how we kind of got back to be close like that. And I think it had to happen almost, you know, I think that had to happen because you were in this new place and there was so much we just didn't know about each other. Yes. There was yes. so much. And um, I know I appreciate your friendship. We don't talk every day. We don't text every day. But when we do, it's extremely meaningful. Um, and it's sincere. And I, I appreciate her as a friend like this is someone who I will always have a relationship with no matter if she's here across the other side of the world we just have a really good connection and it's very genuine and it's pure and I think everything happens for a reason yes we worked together for over 15 years but that wasn't who she was at that time this person where we can just hang out and it's it's good. And just, I'm so happy for her as well. I just want to add that because the person she is right now, it makes me sad that she didn't feel that she could be that person because it's a beautiful human being. And I'm just happy the journey she's on. And then seeing it kind of gets me motivated and excited because I'm watching it in real time, what's happening. And I'm, I'm just, I'm thankful and I'm just happy for you. I think I've told you that like 9 million times, but um, I think what happened had to happen and it's just brought us closer. And it's funny. It's, it's a funny story. It is funny. Yeah. Like I there's right now just thinking about it, but it's a good story to tell too. Well, and I mean, I think it's, 
thank you for the, for all those sweet things you just said. I I really appreciate it. I think that you know for for real connection to happen, um, and you know there has to be some level of trust. And in order for there to be trust, there has to be vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And you know if as I was as I said, if you're if you're busy trying to have the right image. Um, it, it did keep me, I feel from, you know, I love to connect with people and I did connect, but it, it kept me from connecting in the way that I'm able to now, because I don't have any pretense. I don't have any concern about how I'm received because I just feel okay. I just, I just feel okay about myself. And so, um, through that vulnerability and really receiving help when you need it, I mean, what a gift, what a gift. And so we did have this really special reconnection born out of this that night. And we sat for hours after that Mm -hmm. um, and talked uh, before we finally uh, drove home. And then, you know, as I was really making some major changes in my life, getting ready to move out of my condo and, you know, I live part of the time in Malta and you know, I, I had all these things that I had accumulated. And, you know, like I said, I had a pretty uh, shiny looking life um, and it's fine. You know, it's great to have nice things. I just, they didn't, they didn't necessarily lead to happiness. And so when I decided I want to make, I wanted to make a really major changes in my life that, that aligned with who I am now, I had to find something to do with all of my things. And, um, that was, that was overwhelming for me. Um, and I felt fearful, um, about, you know, trying to sell things and, um, and I, I did need to try, um, to, to sell a few things because I was trying to, you know, finance, a, a new life. And I called Nefra, I called you. Cause I just, the thought of doing it by myself, which is what I would have done in the past, mm-hmm. I would have gutted it out and done it by myself and, and not felt like I was allowed to ask somebody to help me when I didn't really have anything to offer you back at that moment. Right. Like I had this prior, I had this weird sort of transactional, um, Mm-hmm. mind where I didn't want to take more than I gave. It was so important to me not to take more than I gave, more than I gave. I could give more than I was going to take, but I couldn't mm-hmm. take more than I gave, um, which kept me from asking for help in so many situations. And so, you know, I called you and asked you for help and you were so sweet. Uh, you were so sweet in helping me, you know, that is- with that transition. Well, no, I'm, I'm glad that you called. I'm glad we went for dinner and, you know, and here we are. And we just have nothing. Who knows what other stories we can have in the future. That's exactly. A, we'll have others. For sure. So um, in our last few minutes, I'm, I'm just kind of, I want to give you some, some space, Nefra, like, um, you know, cause you had the epiphany, the 2010 um, epiphany, and then you've shifted. And I, how close are you to 50? Cause we're both Scorpios. Yes. I, I actually have a birthday on Friday. I'll be 48. 
48. Yes. 48. Wow. I started, um, I registered for a new business last week. I'm going to start an event planning business where I do pop-up brunches. So look out for that soon. Wow. Planning stuff. It was, I've always wanted to do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. So I did all the stuff. I got my um, tax IDs and all that fun stuff. I just got to put it all together. So I'm hoping late spring I can launch and yeah, I'm just going to do things that I enjoy. Like I'm just going to go for it. Just do it. I love it. That is fantastic because one of the things that I have always noticed about you, um, well, several things you, you carry yourself in a way that, um, seems very confident and comfortable in your skin. You're also really easy, uh, to talk to and fun to interact with. And you're a wonderful idea person. You, (laughs) I mean, honestly, like we'll, we'll be talking along and then you'll say, Oh, Oh, wouldn't that be a great invention or, Oh, wouldn't that be cool to do that? And so, um, I am so thrilled for you that you're moving forward with one of the things that is going to, um, fill you up. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me. Um, you have been listening to GTO freedom for humans. Thank you so much. You are the reason that we do the show. Um, you can find me at giraffetangooctopus.com. Um, you can book a free discovery session. Um, I do coaching. So if you're interested in starting your own journey to freedom, I am here to help you. Um, and in closing, love yourself, free yourself, be yourself and dance your own tango. Thanks for listening to today's episode. We hope we have helped you learn to love yourself unconditionally and accept and celebrate everything that makes you, you. Tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And in the meantime, dance your own tango.